Amen. Just so sweet to trust in Jesus. Have your Bibles. Turn to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. If you, if you find me talking loud today, it's because I'm trying to keep CJ awake. He had prom last night. He had after prom. He didn't get home till about 15 minutes after 5 this morning. So he's had about two hours of sleep. So if he can stay awake, everybody else should be able to stay awake too. Amen? Amen. We'll see how this goes now. A desire to witness for Jesus. You know, the, uh, we should all have a willingness to share our faith. Um, in Sunday school, we started a new series called uh, Share Jesus Without Fear by William Faye. It's important for us to know that in our Christian walk, we must have a desire to witness for Jesus. It's for everyone. Not just pastors, not just deacons, not just the church secretary, but everybody should be witnessing for Jesus Christ. So this morning I want us to look at Paul's letter to the Romans, to the Roman church. If anyone had a desire to share the gospel, it was the Apostle Paul. And Romans is a complete declaration of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So let's read Romans in chapter 1, the first 17 verses. The Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated into the gospel of God, which he had promised before by the prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to um, the spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom ye are also the called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from, our, our, from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. For God is my witness whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without cease I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests, if by any means, now at length I, have, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you, for I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift, to the end you may be established. That is, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith both of you and me. Now I have not, now I would not have you ignorant, brethren. Uh, at all times I proposed to come unto you, but was led hindered to, hitherto. I might have some fruit among you also, even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as is in me, I am ready to preach the gospel unto you that are in Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therefore, 
For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, we thank you so much for your love. Lord, I, I don't know why you love us, but you do. You love us so much that you didn't care that we were sinners. You sent your son to die for us. So while we were enemies, your son died for us that we could become the children of God. And it's only through him. And Father, that's the message the world needs to hear. That you're not hopeless, that you're not uh, without a, a, someone who loves you. You have a God that loves you so much, he's sent his son to die for you. Lord, help us to have that message, not just in our hearts, but on our lips. Open our mouths, Father, and we may tell people and witness what Jesus is to us, our Savior. Now, Father, bless our time here together as we get into your word for a little bit. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Uh, the letter to the Romans is a unique letter that Paul wrote. Most of Paul's uh, other letters to churches were him dealing with some trouble or some situation or some danger that was affecting the church. But Paul, uh, Paul wrote letters to meet needs. For example, Paul wrote to the Galatian church to address false teaching. In Galatians 1, 6-8 says, I marvel that ye so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you that would pervert the gospel of Christ, but through you uh, or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you that then that which, is, that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Paul says, I can't believe that you just so soon being saved, being understanding that Jesus Christ is, the, is, the, is your Savior, that you're, you've, you've changed now. You've added something, he's added to something to the gospel, and you believe that. Paul felt responsibility because uh, he either started these churches or he visited these churches. But Paul had not been to Rome. He didn't start the church in Rome. So why did Paul write a letter to them? Paul wanted to prepare them for the visit because he wanted to go to them, to give them a clear explanation of the gospel, to give them practical advice about Christian life. Paul had a desire to preach in Rome. In Acts 19.21, it says, After these things were ended, Paul proposed in the Spirit, when he had passed through Macedonia and Arcadia, to go to Jerusalem, saying, After I have been there, I must also see Rome. Paul said, I must go to Rome. He was, take, he was taking money to Jerusalem, to the church that he had collected, and he was going to go there and spend some time with them, and then he was going to Rome. But after his trip to uh, Jerusalem, it looked like he may not get to go to Rome because he was arrested. But God lets him know that his plan to go to Rome was also God's plan. In Acts 23.11 it says, And the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for, thou, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must uh, thou bear witness also at Rome. So it wasn't just Paul that wanted to go to Rome. God had plans for Paul in Rome. But Rome was always on Paul's heart. But Paul was always thinking about places to go and share the gospel. I picture Paul that every time he saw a ship, he just wanted to get on his ship and take it so he could take him someplace where he, they didn't know Jesus. 
If he saw a mountain, he just wondered if there's anybody on the other side of that mountain that didn't know Jesus. He had a desire to take the gospel in places where it was not. In Romans 15, 23 and uh, 24, it says, But now, having no more place in these parts, and having a great desire these many years to come unto you, uh, whensoever I take my journey into Spain, I will come to you, and I trust to see you in my journey and to be brought on my way hitherward uh, by you, if first I be somewhat filled with your company. Paul says, I'm going to Spain, because Spain needs to hear about Jesus Christ. But while I'm on my way there, I'm going to stop by Rome, because that's where I want to go. Think about all those people in your life that were faithful to witness to you before you were saved. Think about all those things, all those people who come and told you about Jesus Christ. Think about the person who led you to the Lord. I think about Brother Rafford. He was a pastor at uh, Lighthouse Baptist Church in Newcastle. And he kept coming to my apartment where me and Missy and AJ lived. And um, I couldn't figure out why he kept coming back. Because he had to know I didn't want him there. He had to know I had no desire to listen to what he had to say. But he kept coming back. He kept coming back. He kept coming back. I about had it. But he kept coming back. I told him I wasn't good enough to be saved, and he kept coming back. And he'd give me a Bible. If he didn't have that desire to keep coming back, even when he knew he was someplace where he, I didn't want him, I don't know if I'd be saved or not. Now think about your desire to witness. Think about people in your life that don't know Jesus Christ. Do you tell them about him? Do you share your faith? Do you share the gospel with someone else? Paul tells us here in these 17 verses how vitally important it is for us to have a desire to share Jesus Christ with the lost and dying world. First, we must desire to witness because God has given us a great calling. This is not something we should do. This is not something we might do. This is not something that we could do if we have time. This is something God's told us to do. Paul was willing to go to the ends of the earth to tell people about Jesus Christ. Let's read verses 1 through 6 again. It says, it says Paul, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated into the gospel of God, which he hath uh, promised beforehand by the prophets and the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom are ye also the called of Jesus Christ. Hope you I hope you got that. Verse 1 and verse 6 are key. In verse 1, Paul says that he is called. He's a servant of Jesus Christ. He's called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. He's called to take that gospel wherever he goes and to share it with everyone. But then in verse 6, he switches it and says, Among whom are ye also called of Jesus Christ? Paul says, I'm the apostle. It's my, it's my job to, to go and tell people the gospel 
But he says, you are called too. Because when Jesus gave the, gave the great commission, it wasn't just to the 12 or just to the 11, it was to all who believe in him. Paul says he is called, and we are called. And when we're called, we're to do everything we can to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ all over the world. We're called to spread the good news that God the Father loves us in spite of our sins, and that he sent his only son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins. Verse 4 also says, um, it's, verse 4 says, um, and declare to be the Son of God with power according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. It talks about the power of Jesus to give eternal life. And we can declare Jesus with power. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, says, But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witness unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and into the uttermost parts of the earth. This power is given to all who receive the Holy Spirit. The power is for all believers. He said, you wait here until you receive the Holy Spirit, and then you'll receive the power to go out and witness to the, to the world. You start in Jerusalem where you're at. You go to the surrounding areas, Judea. You go to the surrounding areas off past that in Samaria. And then you go into the uttermost parts of the world. Those disciples can go to the uttermost parts of the world. They can go to every place. Why? Because it takes all believers who are willing to be sold out to God to understand that we're called to go and share the gospel. God calls all Christians to be his faithful witnesses. And Jesus said, you shall be my witnesses. Understand that. It took me a long time to understand that. He, says, he said, not defenders, not salesmen, not a judge. He says, you're to be my witness. And a witness is someone who tells what they have experienced. That's what he wants you to do. Listen, you can study, you can go to seminary, you can take classes, you can memorize uh, scripture, and all that's wonderful. But the most important thing that Jesus wants you to understand, and it, 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 when you take his name someplace, you're telling people what he's done for you. It's what you've experienced. You're an expert on your life. You're not an expert on anybody else's life. You, you can't look at somebody and say, I know exactly what you need. Because they'll look at you and say, you have no idea who I am. You have no idea what I go through. You have not walked in my shoes. Don't you come in here and tell me you know what I need. You say, no, I don't know what you need, but let me tell you what Jesus did for me. That's what he wants you to do. Witness and tell people. Don't judge. Don't try to sell him. Don't try to defend the gospel, but present it in a way of how it changed your life. In um, Luke chapter 8, Jesus healed a man who was possessed by demons. Remember what Jesus told him? In Luke chapter 8, verses 38 and 39, it says, Now the man, out of whom the devils were departed, besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thy own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout uh, the whole city how great things Jesus had done unto him. 
He healed the man, took the demons out of him. He was so thankful he wanted to spend time with Jesus. He wanted to follow Jesus. Jesus said, no, go tell. You have family. You have friends. You have people in your city who've seen you possessed with demons. And now you're in your right mind. So you go and tell them what wonderful things God has done for you. You go and share the gospel with them. He is a testimony to the calling that all believers have. Every one of us has a story. None of us is perfect, and God just made us a little bit better. The Bible says, for all of sin comes short of the glory of God. We were all miserable, worthless sinners. But God changed all that. When he took away our sins and washed us white as snow and gave us eternal life, and that's what people need to understand. He changed us from the inside out. Have you told everyone you know the great things that God has done for you? And what are you waiting for? You've already received the calling. You've already received the power in the calling. Go tell. Second, we must also desire to witness because it will bring great comfort. Witnessing multiplies God's comfort in our world. I can't think of anything that makes a Christian happier than to hear that someone else has trusted in the Lord. Paul is overjoyed to hear about the believers here in Rome. Look at verses 7 and 8. He says, And to all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace unto you, and peace from God our Father in the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all, that your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. Paul was so excited to go there because these just wasn't Christians. These were Christians that everybody was talking about. These were Christians who were on fire for God. These Christians were moving, were, were working, were, were experiencing the blessings and, and using the power of God to, to witness to people, to, to show people that they believe in Jesus Christ. He was excited. He was, he was thrilled that they were saved, thrilled that they were working. Paul was thankful that some faithful Christians had witnessed to these people in Rome. And Paul wanted to visit them because he knew that they could multiply each other's comfort. Look at verses 9 through 12. For God is my witness whom I serve in my spirit and in the gospel of his Son, and without ceasing I make mention of you always in my prayers, making requests, if by any means, now at length, I might have a prosperous journey by the will of God to come unto you. For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gifts, to the end you may uh, be established. That this, that I may be comforted together with you by the mutual faith, both of you and me. Paul says, I can't wait to get there because I'm on fire for God, you're on fire for God, and we're going to have a wonderful time in the Lord. Paul was excited. And there's something uh, wonderful when God's people come together. That's why we're here today. We're here to, <coughs> to praise God, to worship God, but there's, there's some, there needs to be a time in a Christian's life when we step out of the world and step back in with God's people to recharge our batteries, to understand that, uh, that there's people a lot, a like-minded who love God, who is serving God. And even though we struggle and have problems, we still understand that we're praying for each other. We're loving each other. We're caring for each other. 
It's a, it's a wonderful time. And Paul speaks about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-5. through 5. It says, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, the God of all comfort, who covered us in our tribulations, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble. By the comfort therewith, uh, we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. He said we come together because God has given us comfort. He comforts us in our tribulation so we can comfort each other. I sometimes imagine if all of uh, Allegheny County was saved. Imagine if everyone you come to knew Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Everyone comforting each other. You wouldn't lock your doors anymore. You wouldn't have any fear anymore. You wouldn't be worried. You wouldn't see news stories about crimes and problems. Just people who love God. Paul talks about a better way to live. Romans 13, 13 and 14 says, Let us walk honestly as in the day, not in rioting, drunkenness, not in clamoring or wantonness, not in strife and envy, but put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. Only the sharing of the gospel can bring us this great comfort. Because you're not, you're not judging people. You're not proclaiming them to be lost. You're just trying to share them a gospel that has the power to save them. To turn them into brothers and sisters in Christ. Sharing the gospel should bring great comfort to us. Third, we also must desire to witness because there are great consequences. Look at verse 13 through 15. Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I proposed to come unto you, but was let, was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you also, even among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are in Rome also. Paul says, as much as in me, I am ready to preach the gospel to you. Paul says, I am eager and ready to go at every opportunity to tell someone about Jesus Christ. He considered this an obligation or a debt to all, Christ, to all non-Christians. So how can Paul be in debt to people he had never met? How can we be in debt to people who don't know Jesus Christ? Well, Because Paul had a clear vision of the cross. And he knew that Jesus Christ had done for him. And he knew that Jesus paid the ultimate price for him and for everyone who would believe. Paul's heart was touched. His life had been transformed. And he didn't, want every, he didn't want everybody in the world to miss out on what God had done for him. Uh, sometimes, church, I don't think we understand the consequences of not telling people about Jesus Christ. Sometimes, I, I don't know if we understand the message we're showing people. If you're a Christian and you walk by somebody and you don't tell them about Jesus Christ, what, what message are you sending that person? You're telling that person that I have the answer 
I have eternal life, and I don't think I don't deem you worthy enough to share it with you. We don't think of it like that, though, do we? We think of it like I was busy, I was in a hurry, I had things I had to do, I had places I had to be, things I had to go do. We don't think of it like that. But what you're really you're sending the message to somebody that that they're not worthy enough for you to spend some time to tell them about Jesus Christ. That is so sad. Because the consequences are too great. 1 Corinthians 16, 1 Corinthians 9, 16 through 23 says, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For the necessity is laid upon me, yea, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. For if I do this thing willingly, I have a reward. And if against my will the dispensation of the gospel is committed unto me, what is my reward then? Verily that. When I preach the gospel, I may make the gospel of Christ without charge that I abuse not my power of the gospel. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself a servant unto all, that I may gain the more. And to the Jews I become a Jew, that I may gain the Jews. And to them that are under the law, as under the law, that I may gain them that are under the law. And to them that are without the law, as without law, being not uh, without the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I may gain them that are without the law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might gain the weak. To them that, that I am made all things to all men, that I may by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partakers thereof with you. Paul had a desire, didn't he? Paul said, I'll be whatever I need to be. I I, I can talk to anybody because I can become what they are because I will do anything it takes so I can share the gospel with them because that's how important it is. Our willingness to share is vital for people to be saved. All power is God's, but He has chosen His people to work through Faith comes by hearing hearing by the Word of God. If they don't hear it from us, then who are they going to hear it from? Paul felt obligated to reach as many people as possible. He was never going to stop. Never going to stop until they ended his life. He said, I am obligated to tell. He said, you can't stop me from telling. Because I know the power of God to transform lives. We keep looking at the world and say, wow, this world's in such a mess. People are so lost and people are so evil and wicked. And they do terrible things in this world. Have you shared? There's power in God to transform lives if we would just share. We must feel the obligation to share. With people like us, with people who are not like us, with all kinds of people, people you know, people you've never met before, share the gospel and watch the power of God work in their lives. Paul knew the consequences. It's the difference between saved or lost. It's heaven and hell. It's eternal life or eternal death. It's everlasting joy or everlasting judgment. We must understand the consequences. Share with a purpose. You know, sometimes I think we need to look at people, and, and there's someone sitting there, and you're sitting someplace, and they're sitting there, and you think that you've got a chance to talk to them, 
you learn if you should. You should think about, well, if they walk out here now, they don't know Christ, and they get hit by a car in the parking lot. And I didn't take the opportunity to share with him. Understand the consequences. We have eternal life. I could, die, I could drop dead right now. I'm going to heaven. But we have, a, we have to understand the consequences of those who don't know. And finally, we must have a desire to witness because we have uh, great confidence in the gospel. Look at verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For wherein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. We can have the same confidence that Paul had. The gospel of Christ is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. The gospel has the power to touch hearts, to transform lives, and everyone needs this transformation. Jeremiah 17, 9 tells us, The heart is uh, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. God knows it. And this is where we are stuck there with a deceitful, wicked heart. We're stuck here without the power of the gospel. But Ezekiel 36, 26, 27 tells us God's plan. A new heart also will I give you, a new spirit will I put in within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. And you shall keep my judgments and do them. God says you're deceitful. Your heart is wicked. You're, there's nothing good about you. You're, you're awful. You're miserable. But listen, I'm going to put a new heart in you. I'm going to put my spirit in you. I'm going to wash you clean. I'm going to take away your sins. I'm going to fill you with the righteousness of my son. And you'll be able to do what I tell you to do. And obey me. And keep my judgments. And, and keep my statutes. Why? Because I love you so much. That I have something more important for you. Better for you. Than you can ever get on your own. The gospel of Jesus Christ has miraculous power for our lives. It can take the lust out and put the love in. Jesus can wash away hatred and anger and envy and pride and fill us with a sense of responsibility for all men who need to know Jesus Christ. If you're saved, you fully understand this power. You've experienced this power. Then you must have a desire to witness what that power of the gospel has done for you. There's a key to witnessing. We're doing a study in, in, in our Sunday school class to share without fear. It's a wonderful study. And he gives you five questions to ask people. And that five questions lead you from, from a regular conversation into a spiritual conversation. It's, 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 it's impactful. It's meaningful. But you can, you, can, you can study any program you want. You can memorize scripture. You can pray, which is all important. You can study theology, which is all important. But nothing matters if you're not willing to go and open your mouth. It doesn't do you any good to learn things and to study things and to know things and to care about people and to pray for people 
and to be concerned for people and to look at people and have a desire for them and want better for them. And none of that matters if you're not willing to go and open your mouth and tell them the power of Jesus Christ. We must go and tell. So I'm telling you, church, if we're going to see anything happen, if we're going to see people come to know the Lord before it's too late, we must have a desire to witness because God has given us a calling. The gospel brings us great comfort. There is always consequences to not sharing. And we can have confidence in the power of God to change lives. Every head bow, every eye closed. I want to invite y'all to come to our Sunday school class. We're going through the book, and we've had a couple of lessons, but we can, we can backtrack and go over it again. Uh, but uh, we meet back here at Sunday school time at 930, back here in the library. Come and join us, and we'd love to have you. So we'll talk about better ways to share and how we can present the gospel to people and, and lead people to Christ. The church, if you're here today and, and you're not witnessing like you should and you're not sharing the gospel, ask yourself why. What are you afraid of? Are you ashamed of the gospel? Of the gospel? Paul said, I'm not ashamed. Because it's the power of God that's changed lives. Why are you not witnessing for it? Someone witnessed to you and you got saved. You have the opportunity to pay that back because we go from faith to faith. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, what are you waiting on? For all of sin to come short of the glory of God. No one deserves salvation. No one deserves eternal life. But God gives it freely and fully because for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son. And whosoever believeth in Him will not perish but have everlasting life. God says I die. He died for everyone. He's crying out for those who don't know to believe. He's crying out for those that believe to go tell. He's crying out for people to to get right with Him before it's too late. Because He doesn't want to pour His wrath upon you because He poured it out upon His Son. But He will if you continue to reject Him. And it's so simple. You just have to believe that Jesus died for you. That when He died, they nailed Him and your sins to that cross. He paid the price so you can have eternal life. All you have to do is say, I believe. I want to follow Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. He can take the lust out and fill you with love. If there's anyone here today, with all eyes closed, all heads bowed, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know Christ as your Savior, just slip up your hand. I just want to pray for you. I just want to pray, God, that He'll convict you and continue to work in you to move you into a place where you can see that how much you need Jesus before it's too late. Church, we got work to do. Go tell. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for uh, your love to us, Father. And Father, I don't know why you included us in your plan of salvation that you did. We're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. To be Jesus' witness on what he's done for us to share with people the joy that comes from knowing that we're eternally saved. The joy that anyone can feel if they would just believe. Father, help us to be your church. Father, I pray if there's anyone listening 
on Facebook who doesn't know you, Father, they'll reach out to us and let me share more about Jesus Christ and His great love for them. And how He's done paid the price for their sins. And they're no longer lost in their sins. They're lost in not knowing the Savior. We can change that. If they would just believe. Father, we pray for those who are lost in our community and in our world. We pray for those who are bound and determined to go to hell not knowing they receive the full pardon. Oh, don't let anybody go by that we don't tell. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stand together and sing our closing hymn of